in St. Louis. This is Becca and Millhaven just saying. I'm Tom Becca. And I'm McGraw Millhaven. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, how do you know it's afternoon? They might be listening in the morning or night. Well, I don't know. They yeah, you see, this, is, this is a podcast. You, you still think you're doing the radio thing, and this is a podcast. It's an entirely different medium. I didn't say good morning this morning. Thank you for your time. I'm out of time. I'd like to give a I'd like to give a shout out before we get started to uh, on today's podcast. Okay. To the legendary broadcaster Kent Pavelka. And why do you want to give a shout out to Mr. Pavelka? Well, it seems that um he has um he's now the voice of the back once again the voice of the Nebraska basketball team. Been so now I guess for a couple of years. Yeah. Um and I see him on uh, social media and this is going to sound weird, but he actually looks like he's enjoying himself. Is- <laughs> well, as, a, as an inside joke uh, for people that know Ken Pavelka. Uh, Ken, by the way, is a great guy. Great guy. Wonderful broadcaster. I should say he's uh, the voice of the Husker basketball team and uh, the Husker basketball, which is to say Husker basketball has been on uh, tough times in the last decade or so would be an understatement. Uh, but they beat the number seven ranked team, uh, Creighton, over the weekend. Yeah, uh, my Huskers are rocking and rolling. And so Kent Pavelka taught, uh, I mean, you quite a bit, but I, speaking for myself, took the time to go over tapes with me, second by second, pause, rewind, pause, rewind, painstakingly took time to help me in my early career, and I will never forget it. So for that, I am eternally grateful. But he posted a picture online of him and Lee Barfneck. Uh, I guess they're at a basketball game together. And yep. Lee Barfneck interviewed me back when I was a young right-hander for the Nebraska baseball team so many years ago. So I saw this picture, and it was, you know, I commented, and uh, I said, Kent is doing fine, doing fine. <laughs> and Kent responded by saying, thanks, Warren. Which, by the way, for everybody listening right now, this is the most inside conversation that, quite honestly, isn't even worthy of trying to explain what you're saying. I get it, because I know you and Kent and the history and everything. But the listener has no... When when Kent was going over these uh, air checks with you, did he ever say that maybe you should talk about what the audience has a clue about what you're talking about? Did that ever come up in conversation? Mm, No, he he preferred inside jokes. (laughs) He actually did. He actually did. <laughs> but anyway, you bring, you bring up the Hustlers. You bring up the Hustlers, which is why we probably should mention for our, our regular listeners why there was no podcast last week. Uh, last week, when we recorded this podcast, uh, we recorded and we talked about the former Husker uh, football coach, Mickey Joseph. And we were talking about Mickey Joseph. And then by the time we had recorded this, and by the time it was ready to be published, Mickey Joseph got arrested. Well, oddly enough, while we were praising Mickey Joseph on the podcast, at that same exact time, he was apparently beating up his wife. Allegedly. Allegedly. Which we... Allegedly. Allegedly beating up his wife. And we didn't know about it while we were praising him at that exact moment. Yeah. So we just felt it was best that we didn't have time to record another one. So we just sort of... So we figured since the podcast... As we recorded two minutes ago, didn't age well. We should <laughs> probably take it down. 
So, so anyway, so we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out in court. But, um, and you know, at first I was, I was a big supporter of Mickey Joseph. So I'm out on the street. People are coming up to me afterwards. Oh, you're still, you're still a Mickey Joseph fan. And I said, well, of his coaching, yes, of his uh, domestic skills, not so much. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, it sounds like there's more to the story or who knows what, but yeah, poor guy. That is, you know, poor situation. Well, the poor poor situation. Uh, Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, you don't want to have sympathy for him if we just don't know what happened. We just don't know why I was getting beaten, you know, and that's we don't know. So, so anyway, so best of best of luck to all the parties concerned there. And that's why there was no podcast yesterday. Here's what I want to talk about. Here's what I want to talk about. The delusional Democrats that somehow have convinced themselves that Raphael Warnock won the United States Senate seat in Georgia. First of all, he didn't win the seat. Herschel Walker lost it, okay? The Republicans won every statewide election. They won dog catcher and governor and everything else. Well, Kemp, uh, Governor Kemp won by how many votes? More votes than he like gets than seven uh, and a half percent votes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean he just crushed. And the fact that Raphael Warnock won only because they ran the single worst candidate in the history of the United States Senate. Did he lose by two points? So Democrats are delusional to think somehow. They pulled off this, and they're turning Georgia into a purple state. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that. Uh, matter of fact, did you hear um, Herschel Walker's concession speech? It was actually pretty good. If Herschel Walker gave that speech every time he talked, he would have actually, uh, you know, probably won the election. You know, because you're right. His concession speech, I mean, was was heartfelt, intelligent. He wasn't talking about, uh, you know the Chinese air coming over here and uh, what else? Werewolves and Vikings and whatever else he was talking about. You know, he was talking, I mean, he was seemed to be like coherent and, uh, and decent. I'll go one step further of every concession speech I've ever heard. 99% of the time I say, where was that person on the campaign trail? If oh. that person were on the campaign trail, I would have voted for him. You know, you know that's true of like uh, a lot of candidates. Uh, I go back a, a number of years when Bob Dole was running for president, right? When Bob Dole ran against Bill Clinton, he just looked like a stodgy old grandpa, you know, the, hey, kids, get off my lawn kind of a guy. He loses the election. He ends up doing Saturday Night Live. He ends up doing boner commercials for like Viagra and stuff. And all of a sudden, the guy is like very likable. Uh, and it's like, you know, where was that guy in the campaign? Likewise, uh, did you did you ever ever have the opportunity of interviewing John McCain? Uh, no, I've never had. I interviewed him twice, and could not have been nicer. Could not have been, uh, you know, funnier. I mean, just a great sense of humor and all that. He was running for president, and it was like, who is this guy? That's not the guy that I saw that I met. Yeah, you know, no. Well, First, that happened to me with uh, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney looked like a stick in the mud. And then I actually met him. Um, I was doing, they came to town for some stop somewhere. And he was, he was with the campaign, but not running. This was uh, the McCain campaign, actually. 
and could not have been more genuine, nice, um, interesting, funny, right? You're like, man, this this guy's going places. And then you see him on the campaign trail, and it was, you know, stick in the mud guy. And part of that is because the opposition frames have been such a way, but part of it is the way that they're just so programmed to not be themselves because of well, yeah, the they, they overprogram them. They, you know, they don't let Mitt Romney be Mitt Romney, right? If the guy's a right. nerd, let him be a nerd. If the guy's cool, let him be cool. Let let them be themselves, which, in, quite and frankly, that's what Donald Trump was. Say what you want about Donald Trump. That's who Donald Trump is, and that's what, what resonated with people. I, I would agree with you. I would agree with you on that, yeah. Um, I would also say the same thing is true with Barack Obama. I would say the same thing was true with uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, they're pretty much those guys are who they are. Yeah, Joe Biden's a little bit of a goofy old nice grandpa. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know who has a who has a kid with a laptop problem? I don't know. Just <laughs> you got to bring in the laptop somewhere. Um, okay, if we're going to be on a political talk, uh, talk here, have you been following what's happening here in Nebraska? Uh, do you know what? I, do you know what I did yesterday? You know what I did yesterday? What'd you do yesterday? I applied to be the new senator from the state of Nebraska. Oh, because of uh, uh, Ben Sass going to Florida? Yeah, okay, so here's the deal. Okay, okay, so people that aren't aware of what's going on here in Nebraska. So our governor, Pete Ricketts, whose dad found a TD Ameritrade and, you know, the guy's got more money than God, you know, billionaires, right? Does he own the Cubs? Uh, The family owns the Cubs, yeah. So his family, is he part of the family? Well, he, yeah, he's his son. Yeah, his brother's his brother Tom runs it, I guess. Uh, and and he was on the board of directors, but I think he took himself off the board of directors. I don't think he has anything to do with the operation of the Cubs anymore. But I think he still has, uh, you know, gets uh, profit from him and stuff. So anyway, um, so Pete uh, Ricketts spent all this money because he was term limited out as governor of the state. So he spends all this money to get his guy elected governor. I mean, he spent a, a boatload of money to get uh, Jim Pillen uh, to be the, the, the governor-elect now, right? Well, mm-hmm. shortly after the election, all of a sudden, Ben Sass gets the opportunity to be the president at the University of Florida, and he is the only finalist for this job, right? He is the only finalist for this job. So now... By the way, that's weird. He didn't get the job but they said he was the only finalist. Yeah, so he had to go through like meetings with like three committees or something before he got the job, and he passed all three committees. No one's ever said to me, you know what, you're the only finalist for this talk show host job. They said, you've, anyway, never mind. Well, well, no, there are people that get hired. It's like, look, we got to post this job, but you got it. We got to post this. Yeah, but they don't say that publicly. No, but they said it's to Ben Sass. He's the only finalist. Except if you're Wells Fargo and you say, we have to interview three black people, so hang tight while the while the tape recorder's going. But that's yeah. Right. So anyway, so um, uh, so so Sass shortly after the election, Sass says he's got this job at the University of Florida, and that he's going to resign, um, in January. Uh, if he resigned earlier, he could have, um, you know, then then Pete Ricketts would have been able had to. Uh, uh, appoint, would appoint somebody, but he mm. resigns in January, which then means that the new governor will appoint somebody, and he's going to appoint Ricketts. Yeah, bingo, bingo. So, okay, so 
This is, is where it gets, this is where it gets sort of uh, interesting too. Is that so, official? Huh? Did the new governor? No, 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 no. The Twitter interrupted me, and let me tell the story. Sorry. So, so, um, okay, so. You know, Ricky's is just saying, well, I, I don't know if I want the, you know, we'll let the new governor worry about it, let the new governor worry about it. That's that's his official, you know, mantra through this right. whole thing. Well, last Sunday, Jeremy Aspen is a uh, is a, a editorial columnist for the Omaha World Herald newspaper. Jeremy and I are good friends, and Jeremy tells me about two weeks ago. He goes, you know, Ben Sass doesn't have to resign. By law, Ben Sass can hold out of that seat. Now he wouldn't get paid as a senator, but he would still be the Nebraska senator living in Florida, right? Yeah. So, so uh, 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 Ben, so uh, Jeremy writes a column, and I piggybacked on it with my commentary on the news that night, basically saying that Ben Sass should not resign because Ben Sass challenged uh, challenged uh, Trump. Ben Sass, you know, called out the, the Republicans when they were being crazy, right? Uh, and so Ben Sass was not always uh, loved by the Republican uh, elite. And Ben Sass also uh, did not necessarily get along all that well with Ricketts. And Ricketts, you know, was more of a straight party line guy. So our comments were that Sass should hold on to the job until we can be assured that the person that's going to replace him is uh, somebody that's more like him and not just a blind party loyalist, right? Well, this comes out on Sunday. On Monday, Ben Sass finally gives the date that he's going to resign. So in other words, the day this story comes out saying he shouldn't resign, Ben Sass says, I'm resigning on, I think it's uh, uh, January 8th. And then less than 24 hours after that, Pete Ricketts says, I'm applying for the job of senator. So everybody knows the fix is in. Everybody knows that the fix is in, that Ricketts got the gig. So, um, but they have to put the procedure in here, right? Much like... Yeah, you got the job, but we got to post it sort of a thing. So you can go online and actually um, uh, apply to be considered to be the next senator from the state of Nebraska for two years because there's a point until the next election. So I applied to be the senator from the state of Nebraska. And, uh, and I also put in my commentary, uh, here's the website. You all should apply as well. So we got people now. Everybody knows that Ricketts has the job, and Ricketts going to get the job. But we're at least going to have a bunch of everyday citizens applying for the gig, <laughs> just because that's democracy, you know. I'm confused. So, but the new governor hasn't said who he's appointing yet. Well, he can't yet, no, because he still has to go through the process here of seeing who all wants it. I don't understand. You were you, you can put your name into a hat. Well, you can put your name on a website, and uh, and you really have to be a Nebraska resident. But you can put your name on a website and... Uh, but the new governor... So you think the new governor is going to pick Ricketts no matter what? Let me ask you this. If I gave you millions of dollars to get your job, and then you could hire me for another job, do you think it might be obligated? First of all, I would cherish the opportunity to then select Kent Pavelka for that job. <laughs> Just to see, just to see how pissed off you'd be. <laughs> so yeah, so anyway. I mean, I mean, it's almost it's so obvious that he can't pick this Ricketts guy, right? I mean, and and, and quite frankly, 
oddly enough, I would probably recommend him picking you because, first of all, that'd be a great reality show. Talk about a, <laughs> talk about a talk about a turd in a punch bowl. Send Tom Beck into the Senate. <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Mr. Smith goes to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, 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 plus two, you'd be a good placeholder. Um, and then let the two people duke it out, uh, two years from now. So, yeah, so a lot of people here are pissed about how this is all playing out. So we'll, we'll is, see. Is, but yeah. Is Ricketts very popular? Uh, he, he gets elected. He's, he's popular with the Republican. You know, well, that, you know what? He's not even all that popular with the Republicans. So he, he just has the money. And the uh, uh, and the team behind him to get elected, uh, but he's not necessarily. I mean, he's not a, like a real crazy nutshot Republican, you know. Oh, uh, is he just pretending to be one? No, he just sort of like goes along with it, you know. He just sort of goes along with it. He, he's not a very warm guy, but I, I mean, he's not a bad guy, you know. He's not a bad guy, he's, but you know, he's. Uh, who are the other? Who are the other ones who could run for it if it were an open seat? What about the the, the congressman who's from Omaha? Oh yeah, I don't know. They they could if they wanted to. Yeah, um, you know. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of other. I mean, you know, the uh, there could be other mayors or you know or, or people that just uh, you know some some big businessman with a chamber of commerce. You know, anybody can apply. As long as you got to be over 30, a citizen of the United States, and a citizen of the state of Nebraska, and then you're qualified. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. What about Hal Dobb? I would elect Hal Dobb. Actually, they would make, it would make a lot of sense to put Hal Dobb in there. But again, we're now we're talking about people that, if anybody that lives outside of Omaha, I have no idea what we're talking about. Well, how many people are listening to this who live outside of Omaha? Well, you're in St. Louis. You have no listeners? Don't answer. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> so so, so nobody in St. Louis is listening to you? Oh, I know. But it's, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, people are listening all over the world. If you explain, if a good story is a good story, whether you're, you know. Well, a good story is a good story, but they have to at least have an idea of what the story is. You can't just be throwing out random names because you know who they are. I like how that. I, I like, like Al I like you. Did not like Al Dab. No, I like Al Dab. He didn't like you. How well? <laughs> again, that's we'll we'll talk about this off the air. No, okay. again, this is not, this isn't the air. I know it isn't. So, um, so what do you think about uh, one more thing on politics? Um, so what happens now to Donald Trump? Uh, after uh, Herschel Walker losing and all these other people losing. I, I don't, you know, I was watching Fox News last night and I was watching Laura Ingram and she was, she said, I'm pissed that the Republican Party doesn't know what it's doing, doesn't, you know, and went through a litany of things, which I've said on my show, but I get called a liberal. But she's saying it on Fox, so I don't, I don't know. I I have no idea. I mean, he picked some of the worst candidates in the world. Republicans have no ground game. These consultants make money when when they buy advertising, so they don't care to spend any money um, uh, on on any type of get out the vote campaign, which they used to do back in the eighties and and the nineties. 
why they keep telling people not to vote early is insanity. It's like political malpractice, right? He's t- they're telling people don't vote. What what are you, an idiot? Yeah. Get as many people to vote as early as humanly possible. Stop trying to say early voting doesn't work because the Democrats are cleaning your clock on it. I mean, think if 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 Republicans nominated normal Republicans, they would have 55 senators, 56 senators. No, no, you're, you're, you're right about that. And the other thing of it is they also tell you that you really can't trust the elections. OK, so, you know, if the elections are rigged, you really can't trust them. Well, if that's the case, then why even bother to vote? You know, right. I mean, you know, the whole thing is ludicrous. Right. So so the, you're 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 propping up people who are being detrimental to your cause. So I don't know why you keep promoting these these people. Well, first of all, let's be honest. OK, it's not all just the Republicans. It's also the Democrats. So the Democrats taking a page out of uh, Claire McCaskill's playbook. Uh, they're going and uh, uh, they're they're going and finding these crackpot um candidates and supporting them in the primaries so they're easier to uh, defeat you know claire mccaskill gets too much credit or misguided credit for what she did she took todd aiken who was actually a very nice man and ran commercials saying he's too extreme for missouri he's too conservative for missouri and so she believed that, that he was too conservative for Missouri, but she also knew that that message would resonate. What the Democrats are doing now, they're like actually running campaigns so that these wax jobs really win. So it's, it's, no, no, but did, it's kind of did, the same. Did, no, didn't Claire, didn't Claire also have a pact where she gave money uh, to, uh, to run ads uh, to prop up uh, Aiken? Right, but the ads were, the ads said, that Todd Aiken is too extreme for Missouri, using reverse psychology, saying, oh, my goodness, you you want to see who's too conservative for Missouri, not Todd Aiken, right? They were, she was saying he's so conservative, and the conservative people were like, yes, he is. That's why we like him. So she kind of used reverse psychology. Anyway, I, I, the, if, the, if the Republicans are dumb enough to nominate a Herschel Walker who paid for abortions, and, you know, talked about how black fathers should stay with their kids. And then turns out he didn't. I mean, they deserve what they get. If you would have hired or nominated a normal, boring a Republican, you would have won. In Arizona, in Delaware, in Colorado, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are five states right there that they would have had a 55, they would have had a 55 seat majority. So... I, I mean, I don't get it. It is it is political malpractice. Um, as, well as, as well as bad-mouthing Mitch McConnell. I can't figure out why they're bad-mouthing Mitch McConnell. What did he do? Well, he's a rhino. He, he's, I mean, that's just it. They, they, they eat their own, you know? He's a, um, uh, you know, if, if you're not, if you're not uh, as, um, you know, conservative and far-right as everybody else, then you're just a Republican in name only. And therefore, you're kicked. I mean, I, I used to be a registered Republican. You know, I haven't changed, but I quit. I mean, I'm independent now. You know, they, they didn't want me. You know, they, call, they called me names. You know, I was a rhino. So, okay, fine. I'll, 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 I'll leave the party. They're like your college girlfriend. She didn't want you either. 
Oh, yeah, and how was your college uh, love life? Oh, all of them didn't want me. That's why I'm yeah. hanging out. <laughs> I've, I've met some of your college girlfriends. <laughs> uh, one uh, was better than the next, but sure was a lot of fun. Uh, college. That, Can uh, talk baseball. Can we talk baseball? Sure, if you want. Can we talk Aaron Judge? Can you imagine? Nine years, $360 million. Here's the thing about the Yankees, though. The Yankees just spent $360 million and didn't get any better. <laughs> yeah, but but they kept the guy that's going to be uh, in pinstripes now for his career. Well, so right? what? They lost with him. They lost with him. They, they can lose without him. Well, they got to look. You know, you can't just win by one guy hitting the home runs. You're right about that. I mean, they need he needs um, support to go along with it. I thoroughly agree with you on that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, at, at the same time, uh, if you know, if he goes, a lot of the Yankee faithful uh, go with him. And, no, they don't. Uh, yeah, no, they don't. Those psychos. No. Well, no. no. I I don't. I mean, look. Uh, uh, look, as a Met fan, I know this might be blasphemy, but I'm not all that upset about DeGrom. I love to watch him pitch. I wish he were a Met, but I'm glad they're not spending $180 million on him for the next five years. Um, I don't, I, 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 it's not my money. I get it. But the Yankees spent $36 million or $360 million, $40 million a year, and they didn't get any better. And they didn't win the World Series last year. So I don't know why you're spending all this money if you're not winning. Well, you're talking to a guy from Cleveland who up until this season was a big Browns fan who looked at the Browns and spent how much money on Deshaun Watson and they didn't get any better either. Well, that's a that's another that's a whole other issue. But Jason Verlander, right? He signed he wins the World Series with the with the Astros. And signs with the Mets because he wanted to go to a winner. Well, shit, you won the World Series. You were with a winner. Why did you have to leave the winner to go to try and go? I don't know. It makes all, none of it makes any sense. Okay, so you're a St. Louis guy, okay? Well, you had Pujols who left uh, yeah. to go to California to go to the Angels uh, for a gazillion dollars. I mean, probably he should have stayed in St. Louis. Well, it, yes, but. Turns out he had ten terrible years with the eight with the Angels, and the Cardinals used that money for Matt Holiday and, and other people, and went to a couple of World Series along the way. So, in a sense, you know, probably worked out well. Yeah, Alba made his money, but the Cardinals, you know, Cardinals got money to spend in other places. Yeah. I just find it. I I love these people who who complain when their team doesn't spend money, and you know. The Dodgers and the Yankees spend all this money, and the Yankees haven't won in 10, 12 years. Well, baseball is a team sport, and it is a matter of putting together a team that can you know, play together, work together, and uh, and do the job. Because you're right. I mean, Aaron Judge is not going to win a World Series on his own. Right. He's got to have the pitching. He's got to have the fielding behind him. Um, well, let's, pay him 40, well, let's pay him $40 million a year. Yeah. Hey, you know what? And you'll go and you'll, and you'll go to watch him hit, you know. And you'll go and you'll pay ten dollars a beer, and 
you know no i i i mean maybe i'll go watch him play but growing up in new york i i was a met fan still am a met fan yeah but okay when you and i were in new york was it that 9 years ago or so maybe yeah 9 10 years yeah. ago we were in new york and we went to a yankees game uh by the way okay so let's tell that story um where are you going the doorbell rang well my phone rang while I was doing this. I just ignored it. Oh, my Christmas present showed up. Excellent. Thank you, sir. See, there's I'm I'm being pleasant to the workers. I should be a U.S. senator. What is wrong with you? <laughs> you want you want you want to tell the story about when we when we hoofed it up to Yankee Stadium? So we're at Grand Central Station, and what is it? Is it the number five train? Right, the five train. That, I don't uh, know. It's Yankee Stadium. I don't care. It's the yeah, seven. Whatever, yeah, whatever the, whatever the train is that takes you to Yankee Stadium. Seven train uh, to Shea Stadium. Huh? I don't, we're not going train. to Shea Stadium. We're going to Yankee Stadium. Only because the Mets weren't in town. So we're going to Yankee Stadium. And Grand uh, Station, it's packed. It's packed. Uh, train pulls up and the train is packed. It, <laughs> it's just like a scene out of one of those movies. McGraw gets on the train, and I can't get to it in time before the door is closed and it's gone, right? No, 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 no. First of all, you're butchering the, the story. No, I'm not. First, first of all, first of all, we're at Grand Central Station, and we're getting on the train, and it's jam-packed. And as a native New Yorker, I know that you're behind me, and I've got to make room for you and for me in the door. So... I'm the fullback. You're the running back. I, boom, I bust through. I push these people in. I know, I know there's plenty of room behind me for you to get in. And I turn and I look and you're on the outside on the platform as the doors close because you were Mr. Midwest. Certainly don't want to push your way in and, oh, sir, go ahead. Oh, thank oh, you very much. Really, you were looking forward, pushing in. And while you were pushing in, these other New Yorkers saw the, the vacuum and they pushed in front of me. And uh, so anyway, so the door closes and you go. And you go and you're on the train. And I said, I'll, I just waved you as you go by as I, I'll pick the next train. <laughs> so now I'm standing on the platform and the platform's fairly empty. Platform's fairly empty. Yeah, because everyone's on the train. Yeah, going to the stadium. Uh, okay, but there's a guy wearing a Yankees hat next to me, right? Because I meet a guy wearing a Yankees hat, and I'm thinking, well, he's wearing a Yankees hat. He must be going to the stadium. So the next train pulls up. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know it's stupid now. The next train pulls up. I get on, plenty of room. I get on, like, and then uh, next stop, next stop. Nobody else is getting on to go to the, the, the Yankee game. And I realize as it keeps on going that I'm not going to Yankee Stadium. And I don't know where the hell I'm going. And I think uh, I better get off at one of these stops. So I get off at one of these stops. And I'm in Flatbush. And as I get I off. I thought you were in like Fort Washington. I thought you like a way past. I thought you I, went way past. I don't I, I, Well, I thought it was flat. I don't know where it was. You're the New York guy. But I'm in a neighborhood. Flatbush where is I, in, I'm in, neighborhood Bush where is in Brooklyn. Be. You weren't in Brooklyn. You, I, you went. No, no, no. You went. You went way past Yankee Stadium, like way, way, way up north, like Fort Washington, like way up that way. Well, it was not a good neighborhood wherever the hell I wound up. Because <laughs> when I when I got off, I go to the you went to, you went to Howard Beach right after the right after they killed those kids. 
And and I'm wearing a golf shirt from a golf course here in Nebraska. And I'm thinking to myself, oh dear God, please don't have Nebraska on the name. Don't have Nebraska on the name. Don't don't make me look more of a tourist like I am. All right. So and I didn't have it. So I go I go and I go to the woman in the uh, in the booth, and the booth has like you know six inch glass on it. You know, bulletproof booth uh, glass. And she looks at me like, what what are you doing in this neighborhood, white boy? You know, and it's like, well, I'm just. Uh, on my way to Yankee Stadium. She goes, okay, get on the next train. Get out of here. <laughs> and I finally made it to the stadium, but yeah. I mean, I you were up by like Pelham Park or some some such nuts because you because I was waiting there on the platform for the next train and the next train came and you weren't there. I was like, where, where, where did you go? And I tried to call your cell phone. Your cell phone wasn't working. Then you finally called me and you were like, I'm at... Pelham and I'm like oh my god get on the train get on the next train take a cab oh my goodness find a police but, officer but but I made it okay I made it okay so all right well besides a few inside jokes uh the, the podcast went pretty well today uh yeah we hopefully hopefully everyone we mentioned won't go to jail within the next 20 minutes we'll be able to post it <laughs> Yeah, that, that'd be nice. That'd be good. Uh, anything else you want to say as we wrap this up? Um, no, nothing. <laughs> that was that was poignant. I got nothing. All right, well, uh, go get your haircut. I will. Uh, I will uh, talk to you next week. Hey, Tom. Drop. Bye, bye. Later, man. Huda Media Production.